You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Last week I shared with you a number of reports that took place at the Shelter Stone Bother, which sits high up in the Cairngorm Mountains. And tonight I would like to bring you some very recent reports from Scotland that I'm sharing for the first time. For our first witness report tonight, we go to the very beautiful and rugged part of Scotland, just north of Dinnit. Dinnit is a village in the Ma area of Aberdeenshire. The main road in the area is the A93, and that runs through the valley of the River Dee. And that is said to be the gateway to both the Highlands and the Cairngorm National Park. Between Dinnit and the rugged and beautiful Burn of Art, it's a holiday cottage tucked away between farm and forest. Bernavar is a natural pothole complete with waterfall which is located close to Loch Innard. One family staying at the cottage for the second year in a row got more than they bargained for on their second stay. There were noticeable differences between the two winter visits. One in 2018 that was peaceful and the second in 2019 that caused the parents, especially mum, a lot of stress and worry. Mum actually wrote into me and she described um, the thing as the thing, the monster in the woods. And she said, we were staying at a holiday home cottage in Deeside. And at the night, after seven o'clock every evening for about a week, we heard a very strange undulating siren. It was like a howling which went on for hours. The howling was really long and loud and happened repeatedly over several nights. We thought it was coming from the woods and then echoing weirdly from the opposite hill since there was nothing out there that could make that sound. Listening to it was inexplicably unnerving. I'd even say creeper. And the feeling has stayed with us ever since we left. I am certain whatever made the howling was coming up to the cottage and I think it was urinating up the walls by the back door. The smell it left behind was rank. And in my opinion, it smelled worse than a septic tank. It wasn't a fox, I know foxes smell. And this made my eyes water. 
I also know what a septic tank smells like. My parents had one, and this stench was much worse than one of those. The house we were staying in had a septic tank, but it was down at the bottom of the hill, which was a bit of a distance away. And the smell was also on the kids' sledges and up the walls around the door. There were no leaks anywhere, we checked. The kids tried to pick up their sledges and their hands picked up this rank liquid. It was absolutely revolting. The nightly howling that we heard came from the woods to the west of the holiday home. It was so loud, we at first thought it was a siren going off. The siren or howling calls were of an irregular length and they went on longer than we could quietly replicate it. And we thought the sounds were bouncing off the hills, as I said. It's just grouse and farms up there. There's nothing that needs sirens. In hindsight, after hearing something on a podcast, we think we heard something almost identical to what I now know is the Ohio howl. which we came across by accident about a year later. We recognised it immediately as the same type of sound. We believed there was probably two of them, one replying to the other, which is why the sound finished out the back before another started out the front. There was no echo, there was no overlap. It was one answering the other. My husband went to check the car one night and that was when the howling stopped. During the previous visit, he would often go for a late night walk and look at the stars and he'd take one of the children with him. Not this time. When the howling was going, he had to force himself to move and he brought the poker from the fire with him and I watched him and I'd hold the torch with the doors locked the entire time. I'm not a fearful person. I grew up in the countryside miles from anywhere. I've done late night walks by myself and it wasn't even that late. It was before 8.30, but this was creepy and unsettling. It was not our first visit to the cottage as we were there the year before in 2018. On that visit, we heard no howling, saw lots of wildlife in the garden, game, birds, deer, etc. That year, 2019, there was no wildlife to be seen, not even roadkill. We live 30 odd miles away and my husband works north of Aberdeen, so you get used to seeing roadkill on the roads. So it's very weird to see none at all. It's the same council, so it's not as if anyone was gathering them up in that area in comparison to the north of the Shire, as opposed to the west. During the visit, I saw something huge. I don't know what it was, but it was hairy, with green, glowy, reflective eyes, and it was looking in the window of the holiday home. The sill on the window was higher than my head, and I'm five foot eight in my boots. So whatever it was, it must have been tall. And when I saw the eyes, oh, it just emptied your thoughts from fear. I didn't know what it was. I just backed out of the room and I closed the doors and I said nothing to anyone. And then it banged on the window and you could see this hairy mark a few minutes later. It was like a hairy football had hit the window. I saw the eyes the face and the hand after I returned indoors, five minutes after I'd been outside to the freezer, and I was terrified the whole time I was out there. I was convinced something was coming to get me, 
I was even talking out loud saying, it's okay, my eyes are down. I was even explaining, I'm not going to see you. I'm just out here to get ice cream. I don't mean any harm to you. You can just go and get on with your business. I'm just going out to the shed for the ice cream. I'll be as quick as I can. And then I'd say, right, that's me. I'm going inside now. I'm not looking up. You're safe to do whatever you're doing. I'm going straight back inside. I couldn't hear a thing. And I didn't lift my chin from my chest, nor look beyond the light from the kitchen windows. It was so hard to keep a slow pace. I just knew if I ran, I was dead. And I don't know how I knew that. When I got to the steps, I got too scared and I ran. I threw myself inside against the door and I jammed it with my foot at the bottom to pin it shut and lock it. I was shaking. I still didn't look out the window. That window had no curtains to close and I was not going outside again that night. I served up the ice cream and I took out an extra meal I'd frozen to thaw so I could put the ice cream in the inside freezer. The tub was too big so I found another and I put it in there. I told my kids and my husband that if I couldn't get it in there they'd just have to finish it. I wasn't going outside and I used the cold or some excuse but it was just too creepy. And I said only to my husband, I've got a strange feeling. And he had the feeling it wasn't a great night. I felt so scared out there and in the kitchen, but I couldn't understand why I felt like that. It was insane. There wasn't a peep of a sound outside, which was all unsettling in itself. We should have heard wildlife and the sheep, which can be very chatty to themselves. Not when the siren howls were going though. I was alone in the kitchen sorting out the last few things and my chin was deliberately down on my chest. My eyes were to the floor so I couldn't see the windows. I was consciously keeping my gaze below the window level and not looking out of the window in case I saw something. It was like I was breathing fear. It knocked on the window a double tap with two of its fingers and the hand on this thing looked strange. It was very close to a human hand, but the fingers were very thick like a chimpanzee's. They were hairy on the back and they weren't the same proportion as a human's and the thumb wasn't in the correct angle or articulation. The palm looked to be very different in proportion, much longer. The face on this thing was black, mostly hairless, but the head was covered in black hair and it had a kind of Homer Simpson protruding mouth that just gaped at me. The jaw was broader and more heavy than a human's, and the cheeks were far more muscular. I didn't see teeth, but the mouth gaped at me, and its eyes glowed greenish yellow, but not sharp like a cat's. The eyes did capture you. They were watery, it gave off a blurry glow, and this thing was huge, and it had to have passed two of the cottage windows at least to be right in front of me, so it could look me in the face, so it could see into the lobby behind the kitchen door, the lobby which led to where my family were sitting, if it came from the woods. One of the kids laughed and I just noped out of there. I dropped my gaze, I switched off all the lights, I backed out and I closed both doors into the living room. I closed the living room curtain, I checked the front door and I parked myself so no one could get past me. And then the bang sounded. I kept everyone indoors, saying, oh, my jacket had probably just fallen off the hook. I put a film on so everyone else got into that. 
and I did not look at the small window by the fireplace because that was another one with no curtains. When someone wanted to go to the bathroom, which was beyond the kitchen, I escorted them, using my body to block the view through the glass door into the kitchen of who was beyond me. I even waited and hid behind the wall so I wasn't visible until they were done. And then I blocked the view of them coming back into the living room. I had no idea what was out there. I knew what I'd seen, but I had nothing in my frame of reference to recognise it as anything known. I didn't know if it was a physical creature I'd seen or some Yule ghostly thing. If it was real, what could it be? There's nothing like that in the UK. And if I'd said to my husband what I'd seen, he'd have gone into the kitchen, he'd have gone in with a poker in case it was violent. And if it was physical, it could have kicked off at that and my children were in the house. I switched off the lights, I closed the door and I hoped it'd go away. Within minutes, it banged on the window loud enough to hear and startle everyone. That night, I was up and down all night looking out the bedroom window. The sheep in the field were all in a cluster with the horns out. Sheep are like gas, they fill a field, they don't tend to bunch up. And they were strangely silent. They were all in a circle, horns out, staring down at the house, with the ram out slightly in front. I never saw anything when looking out the window, but I heard gravel crunching, or a rock moving outside the kids' bedroom. I was trying to figure out what I'd seen. Was it a physical thing, or some sort of Yule ghosty thing? You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now know what I saw. And I think the bugger was outside the kid's bedroom. And it had been within five minutes of catching me outside. There was no howling that night. There was no sounds at all, other than the clack of the gravel. The next morning, there were watermarks, probably scent marks on hindsight, about the back door and that awful rank smell. It was over the size of the door frame. It was on the kids' sledges. We had to wash the kids' hands when the sledges were touched. It was so revolting. We went to Bernavart on the 20th and the disgusting, strange smell was wafting about and some stones were thrown at me there. 
Those stones also smelled of that rank smell. We were on a level bit of ground above the gorge, since we were trying to look down into the vat. My husband led the children down, and I was to follow once they were down. Once they were out of sight, I heard a kind of crash, the stamp kind of sound. I thought it must be day, so I looked over in the hopes of seeing them, and the stone sailed up high in the canopy, bounced in the heather, and landed at my feet. It's only happened once I was isolated from my husband and children. I picked them up, and they smelt rank, like the door did, which was confusing. Why did it stink like the door? I had to clean my hands with a wet wipe. That day when we got onto the path at the vat and at the bottom, we saw lots of other walkers there, and they seemed to be having problems. They couldn't get their dogs to walk. Everyone was struggling, and they were having to keep their dogs on leads and physically drag them around the walk. Many of them were friendly dogs, but the owners were telling our children, who normally plastered themselves to all dogs every chance they get, meaning we usually speak to everyone's dog, but here the owners were saying to not pet the dogs because they were acting weird and snapping, which was, you know, not normally what they did. It wasn't safe for strangers to touch them. The dog owners were saying if they let them off the lead as normal, they wouldn't walk around immediately to take off for the car. Now, we saw a few loose dogs just bolt back past us towards the car park. Or they were pulling to go back to the car when on the lead, kind of refusing to walk or lying down and whimpering. You're looking at a good two dozen sets of people saying they were away home early because the dogs wouldn't walk. A few said it was strange how all the dogs were acting up. Some are usually out two or three hours, they said, but that day they were heading back over 20 minutes. A few were going somewhere else. Some gave up in the car park after their dogs just lay down and refused to budge. It was, as everyone said, a strange day. After that, I made sure we were all in before nightfall. The locals in the shops were saying how they'd heard strange sounds again and how the cattle were suddenly restless and bellowing at night. The dogs were upset. You know, they'd have to take them inside. I was chatting with our witness via email, and I will, of course, bring you any updates as they come in. The area where this experience took place is very close to the cryptid creature that was seen at Bankery and Torfins, and that's been seen by several people over the years. Although the locals don't know what it is, it's earned itself the nickname The Running Man, after locals made reports of a creature chasing cars at great speed. In one incident, several men in a car were chased and the creature had no problem keeping up with the car that was doing 35 miles an hour. In 2006, a lady reported her brief encounter with the creature. She described as looking like a silverback gorilla out on the back roads of Bankara. The witness said the creature walked out into the road in front of her car. It didn't try and hide or disguise itself in any way. Reports of a hairy creature in that area go back to the early 1990s when two men saw the creatures as uh, they were walking through the forest because they were forestry workers. They saw it cross the track between the trees. A few short weeks later, they were in the car with a friend when the same creature came running out of the forest and proceeded to chase the car. An older lady who's lived in the forest for decades was well aware of the creature and she felt it was watching the cottage where she lived. These experiences are in an area that sits between the shelter stone reports that I shared with you last week 
and reports of creatures found on the east coast of Scotland. But there are plenty of reports of creatures between the Shelterstone and the west coast as well. Now there are many locks that lie in that area in between these two places and it was whilst working a recent case in Loch Ness that a strange serendipity took place and I'm kind of getting used to that now. Loch Ness as you know is a large freshwater lock or lake as you say in English that sits in the Scottish Highlands extending for about 37 kilometres southwest of Inverness. It takes its name from the River Ness, which flows from the northern end of the loch. And it is vast, rugged, windswept, but beautiful. Now, when it comes to Loch Ness, we have all heard of a serpent-like creature that is said to dwell there. But would it surprise you to know that a little over two years ago, a very different kind of creature was spotted by a motorist who camped out in his car overnight at the loch. The man who often tours the UK in his converted camper has come forward to reveal he saw a creature he's having trouble describing. The man contacted VBR Investigations about his case and he said, Hi Deborah, I want to report a recent sighting of what I believe to be a Bigfoot-like creature that I saw last October. It's something I still think about, even though it was over 12 months ago. I keep rethinking the incident and trying to explain it away, but I can't. I live in the Midlands and I drove up to Glasgow to view some machinery for my business. As it was my first trip to Scotland and after I'd finished work, I decided I'd take a trip to Inverness as a bed set up in my van. Whilst I was there, I decided to stay overnight and sleep in my van. I ended up parked in a lay-by right next to Loch Ness. I was the only vehicle in the lay-by. It was a pretty normal night until about 12.30 midnight when I woke up and I sat up facing the window screen. I'm not sure what woke me, but I was looking through the window and I realised I could see a figure moving about around out there. It was moving and I can only describe it as huge. I saw it walk in front of my van. I didn't see its face at any point. I only saw it from the side. I reckon it was about 20 feet from my van at one point and it was at least seven feet tall. Its arms were really long. Whatever it was, it had been to the lock and it walked past my van across the road into the forest, which is to my right. This sight was enough to make me jump into the driver's seat and drive off to the nearest car park. Looking at pictures on the internet, it looked exactly like a Bigfoot from the side and it was too big to be a man. On the 8th of November, I released this report on social media and one of my former witnesses reached out to me as the day I released the report, there was a strange serendipity. She was visiting friends who live around Loch Ness. The friends and her were chatting and the conversation moved on to, does any strange activity ever happen around here? Which prompted a discussion on just how many strange activities had occurred over the last few years. Here's the report in full. Hi Deb, I got back from Scotland last night. My friend lives close to the lock where you're investigating some recent cases. My friend had some stuff going on her home and land since the family moved into the property several years ago. She keeps chickens, she puts the cracked eggs over the back of her land for the wildlife. I explained about my experiences and the creature that I saw and she said a number of coincidences must be at play due to the activity I described and some of the conversations she'd had with her neighbours. Once I'd spoken to her, the coincidences all clicked into place. 
one woman asked her where she lived. And when she told the woman, she said, oh, there's beasties up there. But she didn't go on to explain anything else or what she meant by her remark. And my friend just presumed she meant the Loch Ness Monster. My friend's son was waiting for the school pickup bus and felt as if he was being watched. He has also heard footsteps coming from behind him on the walks to the stop. And he's convinced himself it was just a day. But he felt the need to tell his mum as it did spook him. One day, my friend's hubby left very early to go to work and she was still in bed. And whilst laying in bed, she heard footsteps on the gravel outside the window and she thought her husband had come back to the house, which puzzled her as she didn't hear the car. So she looked out of the window and no one was there. She says things like this happen often, you know, so she can almost feel them now in certain places like I can. The very first time I visited, I could feel them out there, Deb exactly in the area where she puts her cracked eggs. The next time she came to see me, I told her my experience with the forest folk. We didn't say anything to her hubby. He has whistling competitions with the owls in the woods. They copy and mimic his whistles. My friend had lots of stuffs going on there and some things were placed around a tree, little twigs that were tied in knots and things like that. And the footsteps on the gravel were heard and then someone was opening the polytunnel and eating the food that was growing in there. Another neighbour close by had her windows and a greenhouse opened. Nobody believes that it's people as it's really remote out there and everyone has dogs. While I was staying over this time we decided to tell her hubby about our suspicions and we were shocked when he said, yeah I know. I saw something out by the lock when we first moved up here. That day we told him it was literally just after you put the Loch Ness article up from the chap who saw the creature across the road, close by in one of the laybys. I couldn't believe the serendipity and I don't believe in coincidences. As I said, there's a certain tree that stuff appears at overnight, intricate twig formations and the like. It's not natural stuff falling down from above. This is the top corner of their land and this was the place I felt that like I could feel them. My friends hubby climbed up the back of the land when they first moved in. He walked it with their son and the dog and it goes up steeply then it levels to a plateau and then up again and so on. But hubby said the dog was getting scared but he thought it might be the scent of a deer scaring her as he hadn't been there that long at the time and she was quite old. He said they walked until they got to the plateau and that's when he saw something up there. This thing was about 30 yards ahead of him. It was a figure that was black and furry and it was standing with its back to them. He says it absolutely wasn't a deer. It was much taller than him and all black in colour. It wasn't a feral pig either and it was standing upright. Deb, I think there are more Highland folk that know about these forest people and there are more sightings of them than we think. They just don't say anything about it and go about their business. Now, I have to stress, this is not the only area in the UK that has this type of activity. I spoke with a lady in Wales who had strange activity on her land as soon as she moved into the old cottage. Paths were blocked or diverted and there was an area of the garden that felt very unwelcome to her. Her dog was always stressed and upset and when it was at home, so much so, she had to rehome the dog as he was much happier and settled away from the farm. 
She saw a seven foot tall dogman like creature below her land close to the river. There's also a case that springs to mind in the southeast of the UK along the River Medway, where a family of forest folk have lived and interacted with members of one family who owned the farm for generations. In all of these cases, the landowners leave. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Food out and leftovers in a certain area each day. Like the twisted tree close to Loch Ness. This could, this could be the reason for the interactions, although there could be several other reasons too. These homes may be on a migratory route. The areas are lush, lots of water, habitat and resources. They're out in the wilds, and this is probably the closest you're going to get to never-ending wilderness in the UK. Another report from the Cairngorms that took place close to the Shelterstone is a report of a man who had a strange visitor when he stayed at the Corraboffy in 2005. Now, Corraboffy is a simple stone building on Mars Lodge Estate. It's located at the peak of the Harrowhead Trail and it sits below the Devil's Point on the western side of the River Dee. The Boffy is a single room stone building with a fireplace and a chimney in its northern gable although you'll be hard pushed to find any fuel out there. The original Boffy was built in 1877 and it was a deer watcher's hut and the last watcher to stay in there was Frank Scott who left in 1920. In 1949 the Boffy was reconstructed and it's available all year round to weary travellers and hikers. One gentleman named Peter contacted the sighting reporting page of a popular climbing forum in a discussion about the big grey man. Peter reported a personal incident that happened to him at the Boffy in 2005. He stated, I was standing alone outside the Boffy at night and it was in the middle of winter. I was leaning up against the wall near the window having a smoke and I was looking out into the snowy darkness. Out of the corner of my eye, over to the left towards the stream, I caught a glimpse of a tall grey figure that was moving. At first, I thought it was one of our party, although all of them were inside the buffet. So I turned to look properly at the figure, but it had gone, and I couldn't see anyone. It was probably just my mind playing tricks in the half-light, but it's given me a little shiver. I quickly finished my smoke and headed back in for warmth and company. Another report on the same thread was made by a man named Chris and he reported his own strange experience on the Cairngorms Plateau. Chris said, we were on a wild camp high up on the Cairngorm Plateau. I didn't sleep particularly well as it was quite windy and at one point when I was awake I could hear voices very clearly. It was two male voices and they were quite chirpy but no words were distinguishable. I was compass mentis enough to realise it had to be the wind and my imagination playing tricks on me, but still it was quite eerie. It's very easy to see how people can come away from such trips convinced they've experienced something like supernatural, he said. 
If we follow the mountain range southwest, we come to an area known as the Dromocta Pass. Now, the Pass of Dromocta means High Ridge, and it's the main mountain pass between the northern and southern central Scottish Highlands. So the age of nine road passes through this area. And one report here that I would say is a very rare report as it centres around two creatures seen together that could possibly be a father and son. I mentioned the A9 road, which at 2am is very desolate and a very dimly lit road. For most of its length, you only have the moon and your car lights to light the way. In 2014, a motorist who was driving northbound on the A9 through the Dramocta Pass saw two individuals he could not make out clearly that crossed the road in front of him. He described the two figures he saw as one very large figure, which was approximately seven and a half feet tall, and the other was approximately two feet shorter. They both jumped the barrier and disappeared out of sight. The driver thinks he was travelling at about 45 to 50 miles an hour, and he described both figures as being large and covered in brown hair. Now the A9 road joins the A85 and it travels west, and there's a very similar report made by a man, also driving in the early hours of the morning, that could possibly have been the same creatures or wild men as our earlier witness called them. This took place in 2016 in Tay and it said, I'd like to report an incident that happened to me in Argyle, Scotland, one of my favourite places to be. It happened when I was down one of the single track roads that runs between Tainull and Dalavish on the road that runs along Lot R. There are miles and miles of forestry tracks up there and you can walk along for ages. It's a good place to be if you want solitude. You can walk for hours without bumping into anyone. There are tracks and trails and crisscross the area and it's a short walk from Lockerteeve and Lockar. There's multiple places to go off track and just enjoy your time in nature. Although I do question walking alone now after seeing what I can only describe as a hunting party of two. I saw them out there on the road that night and it's something I'll never forget. It happened around 1am in March of 2016. I was driving back from a friend's house after an evening of chat and I was sober and in good spirits. I was alone in the car and at this point I was driving through the older parts of the forest. Luckily I noticed movement as I was driving. As suddenly from my left hand side I was startled by the sight of a deer running out of the trees and across the road and it was running as fast as it could. It was in flight away from something. I didn't have time to think what was chasing it of what it was running from. As I looked back over my shoulder to see, the deer was being followed by a large man-like creature. The creature was really tall and very hairy, and he was running, moving at a fast pace. It, he, took one long stride across the road. Without thinking, I slammed on my brakes and the car stopped. My eyes were fixed firmly on this running man. You see, that thing was off as soon as I hit the brakes and I turned to look where the deer was and he'd come out of the trees by then and off to my left I saw what looked like another one emerging. This figure was smaller, younger, not so big and muscled, but a wild man thing all the same. It wasn't looking at me, but looking towards where the bigger one had run into the trees. I couldn't believe what I'd just seen and to this day I still question it. 
I did get a good look at both of them. The moon was out. It was clear and crisp night. It's not like I could have mistaken them. They looked like what they were. They were two wild men and they were hunting. The first one that crossed over the road after the day was, I would say, of about eight feet tall. It had hair all over its body and he was naked. It was hard to tell the colour of the hair at night, but it was dark, just like the smaller one. It wasn't a huge road, but even so, its stride must have been at least six feet to cover the distance in one leap like that. The way it moved was startling to me. It was fluid and fast. The one on the hill looked smaller and younger, and the eyes were strange. The smaller one looked back at me with a kind of reflecting, glowing eyes, like a dog does in the dark. The smaller one didn't follow the larger man. It backed into the darkness of the trees, and I was off, as it gave me quite a fright. Our first witness mentioned those kind of glowy eyes, the reflecting glowy eyes. Despite the half a foot difference in height, these two creatures spotted on the A85 road could be the two figures seen jumping the barrier on the A9. Our first witness said about eight feet tall, didn't they? And the second one said seven feet tall. So Both figures were described as men, but also as creatures. They were both hair covered, both dark in colour. They were out at the same time of night, a good time to be hunting deer. Even in daylight, some stretches of the roads are rarely travelled. The mountain ranges and the locks could be stopping points on a migratory route of some kind. Stu Hill, my right-hand man here at BBR, has studied this route for several years now, and he is often found wild camping in one highland spot or another. I did take a report a while back that I think is one of the strangest ones that I have ever known. And coming from me, that means this report is up there with some of the biggest enigmas I have ever tried to puzzle out. It was passed on to me by Ellis Taylor, who is known for his excellent work covering many genres. And I share this report for the dragon himself. Ellis sent this across to me and he said, This is a second-hand account told to me by a very good friend who knew the witness very well, Deb. It happened in 2007. All my friend could remember that it was winter time and it was 6am. It happened on a lonely ancient mountain road that threads from the northeast of Creeth to Perth. The mountain is littered with prehistoric site. The lady who lived in one of these areas lived in an isolated farmhouse and she was on her way to work in Perth. And she intended, as always, to take the main road, which is the A85. But however, on reaching the junction, she found the road blocked and a sign directed her to continue her journey along a kind of rickety track instead. This road was unlit. It was narrow and wet, so she negotiated her way cautiously. She didn't see any vehicles out on that drive at all. The only sounds were that of a car's engine and those that the tyres made on the track. She travelled a fair distance when, just as she slowly went round a bend, her eyes fell upon a sight that she's never forgotten. Knees bent, crouched with its head down, was a gigantic hairy man. He looked exactly like a man, but he was completely covered in hair. He had five fingers and was very tall, and he was drinking water from a puddle. The lady braked hard as she was only a very few yards from him now, and she couldn't believe her eyes. The creature glanced sideways at her, and with seemingly no effort whatsoever, bounded easily over the fence. 
and then raced with unbelievable speed up the boulder-strewn mountain slope and into the woods. But the strangeness wasn't over. As soon as the creature slipped into the trees, for no reason at all, the lady's car began to roll over sideways. Three times it turned, over and over and over, eventually landing on its side. The woman, now partially suspended in a seatbelt, was astonished to see that the cassette tape and the other items on her dashboard had not moved at all from where she put them. Her only injury was to her shoulder, and that was only slight, as it was caused by the seatbelt. Fortunately, she had her mobile phone with her, and she was able to phone for help. Her friend is a medium, and a very good one, and she told her that only a week or so previously, she and her husband had driven along that same road, and when they were approaching the exact spot that my friend had her encounter in, this lady was overcome with an intense sense of dread and she immediately started to cry and she asked her husband to hurry past the area. In our last report tonight, I bring you a case from the Scottish Highlands that I found not only interesting, but damn creeper. It centres around a pair of hikers who have to take refuge in an abandoned house in the remote Scottish Highlands. Climber Phil McNeil has revealed he and a friend met a ghost that has haunted him for over half a century after they took shelter that night. Phil, who was 18 at the time, first met the ghost when he was mountaineering with friend Jimmy Dunn and they took shelter near Fort William. The night would change their lives forever and as they endured a sleepless night in February of 1973, recalling the moment on BBC Sound's uncanny series, the pair took shelter as the temperature dropped below zero. As they entered the property, the place was set for Christmas with crackers and things on the table and it looked like the residents had just got up and left in a hurry. Phil and Jimmy had just prepared their sleeping bags and got ready to sleep when strange noises began upstairs. As soon as the men blew out a candle, the chaos began as footsteps could be heard in the room above them as a dismantled metal frame bed could be heard being pulled from the wall and across the floor. And then they heard a boulder, which the pair had noticed earlier while walking around the house that was sitting on a windowsill. Now that boulder seemed to appear as if it was being rolled across the floor by unseen hands. The pair somehow managed to fall asleep, but at 4am, Phil and Jimmy were woke up to noises much closer to home. Phil, who is now 65, said, Now the noises aren't just in the room above us. They're now in the room where we're sleeping. The entire room erupted. There were things flying around all over the place. I decided to light a candle, but it suddenly launched itself across the room as books and my climbing equipment began flying. Phil and Jimmy decided to leave the house quickly as more footsteps were then heard. And as they left, they noticed the curtains that had previously been opened had been closed. Phil said, We did fear for our lives that night. Any sensible person would want to get the hell out of there. But bear in mind, it was four o'clock in the morning, in the middle of winter, extremely cold, on a Scottish hillside. The men left, thinking that their ordeal was over, and it was actually just the beginning. A spooky goings-on began to happen in Phil's flat in Gibson Street, Glasgow. 
Now, the place was known for claims of paranormal activity long before I visited said Phil, but I didn't believe the tales until I had my own experience. Phil's since been back to the property to try and make sense of the, what happened to them that night. I know some of you out there will recognise the places I've mentioned tonight. You may well have walked, climbed or stayed in them. If you have, and you've had an experience like the ones endured by our witnesses tonight, please know that you're not alone. There are many of you. One day you may well get to sit down together and share your truth with each other. But until then, I bid you farewell. To all of my listeners, old and new, without you, I would not have a place to share. There would be no reports coming each week. More and more people wouldn't be reaching out and sharing their experiences. And as they do, I will bring them to you. For now, wrap up, stay warm, and I'll be back next week, same day, same time, with an interview with a chap in the Midlands who thinks he may have been followed home by something he picked up in Canic Chase. Until then, good night everyone. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.